Okay, good morning, everyone. Good Today's morning. share for, should be for continued Shemira by Kaddish Baruch over our uh, brothers and sisters in Israel, over the Chayalim, all the Chatufim should be returned, all the captives should be returned, safe and unharmed. And Kaddish Baruch should continue to watch over us uh, all, in all, all parts of the world, uh, and especially in, uh, in Eretz Israel. And, uh, okay, so. So we are on now, Yutes uh, Ahmed Aleph. Good to see some uh, familiar faces back in the crowd. Welcome back, Jack. Okay, so now, <clears throat> we, we started this last week. We spoke about uh, the Mesota, but just very, very quickly to review, we are in Yutes Ahmed Aleph. We are one, two, three, four, five lines down. Uh, the Shir should also be from Neshama, Nishma Saliyah from my grandmother, Tila Chaya Bas Rosh Yosef. Okay, so now Amar Rabbi Shimon Levi, we said We said there are twenty-four places where throughout Shas, where if you go ahead and you are disrespectful to the Rabbanon, you will be put in Cherem. You will be put in Nidoy. We'll see in a little bit. There's differences between the levels of excommunication. So the Gemara says All twenty-four instances are learned in our Mishnah. Where are these? Where are these 24 cases? What are they? Amalei, he said, go look for yourself, find them, and then you can let me know. So Nafaki went out to look for them. Rebloza went out to look for them. Ashkak Klaas, he only found three cases mentioned in the Mishnah throughout Shas that if one is disrespectful and mazalzel and disgraces the covet of the Rabbanon, he will get excommunicated. What are they? One is a mazalzel and sedaim, someone who makes light of the fact that we are required to go ahead and wash our hands prior to eating. Initially, this was instituted because yadayim or askaniosim, our hands are, are, are very active and they have tumah. And before engaging in truma, we have to wash our hands. So it's extended to before eating bread. Number two, also if someone goes ahead and disparages after they already passed, and number three, if I make his daito klapimala, someone who was chutzpadik, someone who was insolent, legabe regarding uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu. These are the three instances that I found that if one does engages in any of these three activities, he gets uh, excommunicated. So now the Gemara is going to start with the second example. We did this last week. We're not going to go on the tangent of Sota, but just very quickly, just because the Gemara starts from here, so just for completeness sake, we will review it. So the Gemara says, if you just talk disparagingly about Tamit HaChachamim, you get mal, you get uh, Mahi, what's an example? This Nan, we saw by Akavi ben Mahalalel. Who are you, Omer? In Mashkin, we'd never give the Sota, the waters of Sota, Los Giyoros, Someone who is a Giyoros, a woman convert who is suspected by her husband of <coughs> committing an infidelity, he, Bikine love, he becomes jealous, he warns her in front of two Adim, and then the Adim come back and say, We saw your wife be secluded in a hotel room with these men. So she has to drink the water. But since it says B'nai Israel, we learned only those who are part of the Knesset Israel from the beginning. If this woman was a convert or she was a, or she was a, a shifcha and then she was freed and so partial quasi-Jew, she never, they don't get to drink the mesota. Based on this limut, it's coming to limitation. Only those who are fully, 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 fully born into Knesset Israel. So the Gemara says, The Chachamim say you do give them. Vamrlo, Maisa Karkamis, there was this woman from Karkamis, Shivcha Mishachres Mishlam, she was a freed slave, Fishkua, and the, they gave her Shemayav Avtalion. Shemayav Avtalion, who were the, uh, one of the Zugos, one of the pairs, they gave her to drink the Mesota. Akavia and Mahalo said to them, the reason I, why, it's not a proof, because the Chavim said, you do give, and Akavia and Mahalo says, you don't give. The Chavim said, I, we see that Shemayav Avtalion in years past gave. 
he said, Akavi responded to them, Dugma Hishkua. The only reason why they gave her to drink is they too themselves were Gerim. They themselves were not full Jews. So in order to make them, of course they were eventually, but they weren't born in, so to make them feel better that they belonged, they gave it to her. It was a knock on Shemayin of Talion. And because of that, Akavi Mahalal, because of that disparaging comment about Shemayin of Talion, that they didn't do it the Shem Shemayin, but rather to make themselves feel better, they were put in, they put Avkavim Mahalon Chayrim. This is the first example. Umeis Biniduyo, and he never actually got out of his Chayrim. Fisaklu Bezdin Arono, and they went ahead and they stoned his his, his Aron after he died. Now, it doesn't literally mean they stoned it; they put a large stone on it to signify that he was Chayv Skila, so to speak. Number two, which is really number one. This is where we're up to. <clears throat> so someone who desecrates or denigrates or belittles the Chachamim in regards to their takon of washing hands, what is that, what is the, who, who was this and, and what was the, uh, what was the Mishnah? Mahi. So this Nan, we said, Amar Yehuda, Chas v'shalom shakavi mahalal nesnada. Don't say that a kavi ben mahalal was, was put It's not referring to him. She'ein azara nin elas al kol adam b'israel. The doors of the base Amikdash were never locked on anyone greater than Akavya. The Gemara and Pesachim discusses that there were three <coughs> groups who brought the carbon Pesach. Obviously, when everyone who brought the carbon Pesach, the base Amikdash, even though it says it's just like the Teva, Noach's Teva, <coughs> you could fit as many people and it kept on, it accommodated everyone. It's, a, it's an ace. Happened to me, there were three groups. After the Azara, was filled Arab Pesach with the first group, they closed the doors. So this is a way of saying You're gonna get your hand. Oh thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So this was a way of saying that when the first doors were locked and a third of Knesset Israel was in there, there was no one greater than a Kavya ben Halalel. So you're gonna tell me that he was put in Khairim, he was that great. Um when you had one third of B'nai Yisrael, Am Yisrael, sitting in the Azara and the doors were closed, preventing the next cot, the next group from coming in because there was no more space. If you took everyone there, there was no one greater in Chachma, purity, Yerashet, and Akavya. It can't be that he was Punchayim. Ella, Esmini, do. So who did, in fact, did they Punchayim? It's Allah Zabin Chanoch. Rather, it was Allah Chanoch. Should pick Pekman Tila Sedayim because he was um, a harer after this, uh, he disparaged this, uh, this uh, Takana. And when Elazar ben Chanoch died, they went in and they put a large stone on his uh, on his kever. Anyone who is put into cherem and dies in his cherem, meaning it wasn't uh, re- released from his cherem, bezdin We put a stone to go ahead and to commemorate the fact that he was almost like chayv skila. Okay, now <clears throat> we're about to do the, uh, the the third one. And we are going to go through some amazing, amazing Gemaras and Shastas, some of the most famous Gemaras. It's going to be a fun ride. So let's go. Hamekis Daito Klapimala. So someone who is, who is Chutzpedik uh, towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mahi, what, that was the third example. Mahi, what exactly is this mission? Desnan. So in Tainus, it discusses the following case. It discusses that B'nai Yisrael were devoid of any water and they needed to daven to HaKadosh Baruch because there was a large drought. I lost my voice over Shabbos. I'm worse than it usually is. I apologize. So, <clears throat> so they turned to Choni Ma'agel. And Choni Ma'agel, who was a big Talmachacham, big Tzaddik, drew a circle, hence the name Ma'agel, from the word eagle. He drew a circle in the sand, and he said to Kodesh Baruch Hu, I am not moving until you bring water. 
So everyone was, was aghast and watching Choni Ma'akal say this to Gersh Baruch Hu, and all of a sudden a few drops start to sprinkle. Now this is after B'nai Shal Dav and B'nai Tainius and nothing happened. So they turned to Choni Ma'akal, who at that point was just called Choni, and then, uh, and he drew a circle and he said, Gersh Baruch Hu, I'm not moving any Zazmi, I'm not moving mirror until some, you give us water. And a few drip, drips come. And then he says, Lokach Shalti, this is not what I asked for in a chutzpah voice. I asked for Gishmei Bracha to go ahead and fill the cisterns, to fill the reservoirs. All of a sudden, drops came down. Each drop was big enough to fill a reservoir. It was beyond, if you think what we have here is monsoons, it's Florida on steroids. And it was coming down and it says, Lo I didn't ask for this either. Ela Gishmei Bracha. Rather, rains of Bracha. And Kachava, Kosh stopped and it rained. Eventually he had to stop, daven for the rain to stop. But he did it in a chutzpah sort of way. So listen to what they say. Shalach lo shimon ben shatach lechoni ma'agel. So shimon ben shatach responds to him and says, Sarech nados. Really, because you are chutzpah klapi shmaya, regarding Kaddish Baruch in the way you asked, when you say, lo kachshalti, I didn't ask for this kind of rain. Don't do me any favors. I asked for gishri bracha. First you're giving me a couple drops, it's not going to move the needle. Then you're flooding us. That's also, that's not what I asked for. So, if not for the fact that you were Choni, who was so worldwide, uh, renowned worldwide for his, uh, for his famed uh, uh, chesed and, 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 and sitkas, I would go ahead and uh, require you to, and, and decree upon you that you should have, uh, you should have been cherem. What can I do? Who am I? Kaddish Baruch Hu listened to you. Despite your chutzpah we see the, the, the proof is in the pudding. Kaddish Baruch Hu, when he said, Lukach Shalti, he stopped the trickle of rain. And when he told him to stop the flood, he stopped the flood and ultimately gave you what you asked for. We davened, we fasted, and we couldn't accomplish what you accomplished. And yet you did this. So who am I to, to, to fight on Kaddish Baruch Hu's behalf? If he went ahead and did what you want, I'm not going to give you... And, I'm not going to give you my nidoid. You were like a child who was crying or sinned in front of his father and in a mocking way knew that you were going to be forgiven. Did your will just like a father ultimately will bend uh, to his son's needs. And I regard you, the Pasuk says in Mishlei, your parents will rejoice, and the one who gave birth to you will be happy. Referring to Gersh Baruch Hu. Okay, so these are the three examples. So the Gemara says, Did you, We said there were 24, and you only brought three. Are there no more places in Shas that you could find the other 21 cases? We have another case, the Sonny Rav Yosef. Todos Ishromi Hinigas Bnei Romi Lachilam Gidiyam Mikulasen. Todos, who was a Tamechacham, who was from Rome. He went ahead and he told the Bnei Romi to go ahead and to roast the a kid, a baby goat, Mikulasen. So they, what they used to do for the Karpesach, Pesach, they used to take the entrails, the intestines, and put it alongside of the carbon. So, and we know that that could not, that had to be in, in, the, in, in the certain area. <clears throat> he went ahead and he told his uh, people, his congregants in Rome, when they go ahead and bring other Karbanos, they should shechlit it and be makrovit in a way that's reminiscent and similar to the carbon Pesach. But then they could eat it anywhere. So the problem was that people see that how they went ahead and they brought this carbon, and then they're eating outside. They'll think you can eat the carbon Pesach outside Yerushalayim. So it's going to lead, it's going to, right, so they're going to go ahead and they're going to uh, commit a virus and do the wrong thing. So, if they see on Pesach, they're taking them out of Yerushalayim, even though it's not the carbon Pesach, they're allowed to, but because it was brought and they slaughtered it and they, 
and they were microwaved the same way, people are not going to know that it wasn't designated as their carbon Pesach, and they're going to go ahead and see them eating outside Yushalayim, it's going to lead to Averos. Shalach Leishim ben Shatach, in Mali told us stuff, not for the fact that you were told us, who was obviously a very uh, honorable and renowned man, goes around like Nido, I too would decree upon you, Nidoi, Shatah Machlis Yisrael Kachim Bechutz, because you are as if you are causing people to eat Kachim Bechutz, because people say, if Todos allows people to eat the carbon Pesach outside Yushalayim, I can eat uh, Kachim outside Yushalayim, and clearly that wasn't the case. Okay. Now we're going to get to the fun stuff. <coughs> the Gemara says, Uvmasnisen leka, are there no... So the Gemara says, sorry, Bumishnosenu kamrinan vaha b'raisahi. No, we only talking about the 24 cases in the Mishnah, and the case that you just brought about Todos, about the Karpesach, is in a b'raisa. And we're limiting our cases to 24 cases in the Mishnah. The Gemara says, okay. Uvmasnisen <coughs> leka, are there really no more cases in the Mishnah that uh, people get uh, cases where people get cheirem if they are disrespectful? All right, hold on to your seatbelts. Here we go. Vayika hadisnan. There's another case we learned in the Mishnah on Kalim that Tanoshel Chot Chulios Vinosan Chol Ben Chulia LeChulia. So let's backtrack for a second. We have a halacha that we're going to talk about now. One of the most famous Gemaras in Shas. This brought in the abridged version here in Brachas Tafiyotes. It's also in Bametzia Dafnuntes. That's the longer version, <clears throat> and we're going to quote that Gemara in a second. The famous story is of a Tanoshel Achnoi. So we have a halacha that anything that's klicheres, that's made of earthenware, which was the main, uh, today we have china, today we have silver, then they had earthenware. And once earthenware attract, contracts tumah, because the very nature of earthenware is that it absorbs everything, you can't, you can't put it in a, in a mikvah. First of all, it will dissolve. It's made of like mud, so to speak. But you, can, you have to just crack it. You have to just destroy it. And then you can theoretically reattach it, but it has to be destroyed, lose its shame kli. And then it could theoretically regain Tyra again, but once it can never, once a klicheres gets tumah, it can never be um, purified. So this case here <clears throat> is a case where they took an earthenware oven and they broke it into pieces horizontally. They, they cut it up and then they reattached it with sand. Sand was the uh, amalgam, so to speak, the, to, to hold it together. So Rabbi, <clears throat> Rabbi Lezer was of the opinion that since since it is not, it has, earthenware has to be burnt in order to make it, to make it earthenware. Since you don't burn the sand, the sand is not subject to burning, it can never, it will never become, it doesn't have the status anymore of earthenware, and it's not going to become tome, it's tahor. The Chacham said, no, once you put it back together, it is now tome. Okay, this is a critical machlokas. Is there a reason why it has to be horizontally? No, that's just the way they because it looks like a piece of a snake. It's called... I don't think it has to be horizontally versus vertically, but it's just the way they explain it. I could be wrong. I don't think so. Are we talking about just the sand or the whole... No, the whole earthenware oven was put together. Now, instead of glue, let's say, usually what you do is you burn it, right? You, like we do with glass, you know, you, right. So they normally just take earthenware uh, and, they, and they, it's called kiln, they, K-I-L-L, and they put it under fire. Right. But here with the sand, they didn't hold it together by burning it. They just held it together with wet sand, let's say. So does that give it the status of earthenware? The like the actual right, the actual clay itself is earthenware, but it's not. It was never formed by forged by fire. It's held by glue or sand in this case, right? So it's a different way. So he says it doesn't have the full status of earthenware. Earthenware is burnt. It has to be forged by fire. The chum say no. The majority is is earthenware. It has a status, therefore it can become tame again. So. So now, Sir so Belazer holds that even if you put an oven back together. It, it continues to be tahor, 
And because it must be made of earthenware, and since the sand was never fired or burnt in this way, it doesn't have the status of earthenware, it doesn't become tahar anymore, it remains tahar. Reb Lezer metahar, and the Chachamim metahar. And the Gemara says, this is the famous case of the Tanar Shalachnoi. Achnoi is concealed like a, a Nachash because the way they put it together, it looked like pieces of a serpent. Okay. The Gemara says, My Achnoi. So, Amar Vyuda, Amar Shmuel, Melame Shekifu Bahalachos Kachnoi. Zevitimu. Zevitimu. Despite the fact, despite the fact that he brought all different kinds of rise, Rabbi Eliezer, and we're going to see in a minute who Rabbi Eliezer was, <coughs> despite the fact, that he brought every proof that seemed to be irrefutable, the Chachamim disregarded his opinion, and they put him in Cherem. And the Gemara continues, Vitanya, we say as follows, V'oso hayom shetir Once, and we're going to see what he did that was so bad, but once they, that he tried to go ahead and to argue with them, they said, you know what, every halacha now that you ever said was tahor, we now know is tame because you're too makeel, they came and they burnt him. They burnt, every, not him, sorry. They burnt all of his uh, things that he ever said about Tahar. Hevil called Tahar, Shatir, Abelazer, Shra from the fun of Lasof, Barchu, in the end, Barchu, they went ahead and they burnt. put him in Cherem. They put him in Cherem. Let's just stop for a second. Let's start to understand a little bit what's going on here. So we know now, whenever the Chachamim, whenever Abelazer Paskins, as great as he was, we never hold the like Abelazer. By the way, who was the first Hana mentioned in, in, in our Mishnah, in Brachos Daf Beis? It's Rebbe Lezer. Lezer says, you could say until, Alos Shachar, right? Rebbe Lezer was the first Hana and Atzof Hashmura Harishona. He was the first Hana mentioned. Who's the last Hana mentioned in Uktzin? Also Rebbe Lezer. Beisel and Beishamai mentioned afterwards, but that's a whole, whole academy. The last Hana mentioned, he's the first and the last. Why, why, what was he Zohar? This is Rebbe Lezer and Horkinus we're talking about now. We discussed his greatness. And the fact that he was put in Cherem is mind-boggling. Probably the greatest person to be ever put in Cherem. So there's a very well-known Chidah. The Chidah says the reason why Rebbe Lezer was Zohar to be the first Tana and to be the last Tana mentioned in in Oxen, in Shas, he brings the Gemara in Sukkah Daf Chof Ches. And, and Chidah says as follows. Not the Chidah, sorry. Chidushe Arim. Sorry, my apologies. The Chidushe Arim. So, so he says as follows. He says, says Throughout my days, there was no one who ever came before me, never opened the lights before I did in the base of Medrash. I never put my head down, even to catch a quick, uh, quick power nap. I never left the base of Medrash and there was someone still learning. I was the first to turn on the lights. I was the last to turn off the lights. I never went ahead and spoke uh, um, anything that was uh, mundane. I always spoke Divrei Kedusha. So because of this chos, that he was the first in, the last out, which is the opposite. Usually it's last in, first out. Mm. But here is the first in and last out. Through that says the Chidusha Rim, he was, he was zochet to be the first and the last. Now, let's just see who was Reverend Horkinus. So in... <coughs> Perkei, the Rebbe Nossam, has an amazing story. <clears throat> Horkinus sounds very reminiscent of the story of Rebbe Kiva. Horkinus was a very wealthy landowner, had many, many sons, and they were all farmers. Rebbe Leazar was so unsuccessful, even as a physical laborer, that his father used to mock him. One day, Leo Novi comes, is told in Rebbe Nossam and other places as well. One day, uh, Leo Novi comes dressed up, 
and convinces him to go start learning in yeshiva. He goes to the yeshiva of none other than the top yeshiva in the Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai. At that time, it was the top yeshiva of Yochanan ben Zakkai. His father disowned him because he wasn't, he was more for physics. It sounds like Kalba Savua, right? What? Left the family. He left the family business, correct. Um, and so <clears throat> it, it, the story goes that he had such, he was so poor, he was embarrassed to ask anyone for food that he lived on dirt for the first week. And that's eventually how the Gemara discusses he got such a halitosis or bad breath because he was eating dirt constantly. This is, this is a great little lezer. Rabbi Yochanan Zakai, it says when he got to Yeshiva, he didn't know how to daven, he didn't know how to say Kriyashma, he didn't know benching. And yet Rabbi Yochanan Zakai took him into the Yeshiva. And eventually, after hearing the story of how he was eating on, uh, on, on the dirt in order to survive, Yochum and Zakai brings him into his house to dine with him. Yochum and Zakai says, just as your mouth stinks now because of the dirt, one day you will radiate and smell beautiful from Torah that's going to emanate from your mouth. And Kachava. He became Elizabeth Horkin. So much so, so much so that, where's the Mishnah here? In Pirkei Avos, listen to this. We're not talking about anyone here. Um, I should have done this before. I apologize. I have these crazy ways of remembering Perkei Avos. So one of them, this one is Koach, strength, um, two eight. Right, the gematria of Koach is uh, is twenty eight. So listen to this one. This is in Perkei Avos here. Listen to what it says here. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Kibel Mahila on Shammai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, If you learned a lot of Torah, toxic Tov, Don't hold yourself in such high esteem if you're teaching Torah, because that's the reason why you were born in the first place. There were five Talmidim, Veiluhein, Rabbi Lezabin Horkinus, one, one we just mentioned. He would count Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Listen to what he said. He said he would give the praises. Rabbi Elizabeth ben Horkinus, Borsod, Rabbi Elizabeth ben Horkinus, the one that was just put in Cheren, who started at 28, didn't know how to bench, say Kriyashmar Davin. He's a Borsod. He's a, he, he's a sponge that nothing leaves. He's a, he's a pit that if you put water in, not a drops, not one drop of water will fall out, meaning everything he learns, he retains. Listen to what he says. Rabbi Shua says, Ashri Yilarto, fortunate we that he was born, he was a Chassid, so on and so forth. And listen to what he says here. You put all the Tamide Chachamim on a scale on the left side, in my case, the right side. And Elizabeth Horkinus on the left side against all the Tamide Chachamim. It would weigh down more on Elizabeth Horkinus' side. So you're talking about Elizabeth Horkinus, who was greater cumulatively than all of the other Tamide Chachamim of his generation. This is. Why, why do we never hold by him? <laughs> Stay tuned. Crazy Shevach, right? Crazy Shevach. I mean, this is the ultimate praise. And yet, we don't paskin like him. So, to Jeff's question, so he was called a Shamusi. <clears throat> Throughout Shas, Rabbi Lezer is called Shamusi. Rabbi Lezer is a Shamusi. We never paskin like him because he was a Shamusi. The two possibilities what Shamusi means. Shamusi either means that he was from the house of Shammai, and we know, other than a, f- a few select cases, we never pass on the Beis Shammai over Beis Hillel, and we discussed in Gemara and Erevin, Dafyud Gimel, even though Beis Shammai was greater in Torah learning, more penetrating insight than Beis Hillel, the reason why we pass on the Beis Hillel is because Beis Hillel, Nagu Kavod, Zebazet, they gave them much more Kavod, they always quoted their opinion, Beis Shammai's opinions first, 
even so we see that that the, the halach is influenced by by ben adam lemakom. But in any event, <coughs> the other possibility is that he was a shemusi, that he was in cherem. Let's go now, and if he was in cherem, we don't pass like anyone in cherem. So let's see. Let's go to the longer gemara now. I'm going to read this inside. This is one of the most famous gemaras. So the gemara discusses in bar mitziah daf daf nuntes amad aleph going to nuntes amad base. So it says as follows. You cut up the, the oven, <coughs> the earthenware oven, and you put it back together with sand. We just said, Rebbe holds its tar because it's not going to retain the status, regain the status of a klicheres, of an earthenware that's makabal tumah. Therefore, it's not susceptible to tumah, it'll always be tar. The Chavim disagreed. <coughs> now, and that day, it says, He gave all the proofs. All the proofs possible to go ahead and to show why he was right. And they still did the Lokiblu and they didn't listen to him. Amrlem says to them, Im says in front of all the people watching, if I am right, this carob tree will prove that I am right. What happened? The carob root spontaneously, the carob tree spontaneously uprooted. Moved a hundred amos, some say four hundred amos, to show that Rebbe Lezer was right. Uh, so, the Chum said, You're going to bring a proof from a carob tree? We're not holding. Chazar Rebbe Lezer went back from them, like me, that this Tanor does not regain the status of a Klicheres and will always be tar and can no longer become Tomei. <coughs> This river that's in front of us, that's flowing north to south, will stop and spontaneously go south to north. That's what happened. So not only did the carob tree uproot spontaneously, the direction of the tide in the river also changed spontaneously based on Rebbe Lezer's ruling. And they said, We're not going to listen. The, the, the river is not in a position to go ahead and dictate who the Allah is like. Chazav says another thing. In Malacha Kamosi says Rebbe Lezer, let the walls of the base Magdish, base Magdish that we're in right now, let them start to cave in. So, they started to cave in. The walls of the base Magdish started to come in. Clearly, he's right. Right? HaKadosh Baruch is intervening. Without, without being so obvious, he's being obvious. The walls of the base Magdish start to cave in. Garbam Yeshua, Yeshua was in there, says to the walls, Whoa! You, the walls, inanimate object, you're listening to Amalchem to the Torah, you're listening to Tamid Echachamim arguing about halacha. What is, the, what is the proper halacha? Who are you to intervene? Stay where you are. So, lo niplum nikvodo, so the walls stop falling in any further because of Rabbi Shua's kavod, but also lo zakvu nikvod matin vamdin. But they didn't go back to its original upright position in error of deference to Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer. So they stayed like the la, t- uh, leading tower of Pisa. So all three things, the r- carob tree, the water changing its direction, the walls caving in, you would think that Rabbi Eliezer was right. <clears throat> Eventually, Chazar V'amalem, he says, lastly, in Malachat Kamosi, if the Allah is like, like to me, in a Shemai let a Kodesh Baruch Hu intervene. Yatsasa Baskal V'amra, Kodesh Baruch Hu eventually heeds the call. Says the Baskol, Halacha is like Rabbi Yezer. What do you want from him? 
Guess what? Amr Rabbi Shua Raglov. Rabbi, the Gemara continues. Unbelievable Gemara. Gemara, Bob and Siyat, the afternoon test. One of the most fascinating cases of Shas. Who's it? Who said it? Amr Rabbi Shua Raglov. Amr Lo Bashamayimi. The famous craze. Kodesh Barucho, stay out of it. You gave us the Torah from Matan Torah and Harsinai. You basically said we no longer have to listen to Baskols and Osos and Mofsim. We decide everything Torah Lo Bashamayimi. When you gave the Torah to Bnei Israel, you gave us the jurisdiction to go in and govern ourselves halachically, independent of Baskols. You think it's a little bit of a of chutzpah? Lo Bashamayimi. What is Lo Bashamayimi? Once you went ahead and let go of the reins of the Torah and handed it over to us at Sinai, we no longer have to listen to Basco to dictate how to uh, pass Melachah. Because you yourself said <clears throat> the law of jurisprudence should be dictated by majority rules. Ashkei Rabbi Nassan Liyol, so Rabbi Nassan sees Elio Anovi, I don't know, then or a day later, I'm like, my cover Kosh Baruch Hu B'Yishaita. What was Kosh Baruch Hu's reaction when he heard Yerav Yeshua say to him, Lo Bashamayimi, stay out of it, Kosh Baruch Hu, this is not for you. I'm like, he smiled, I'm in Tzchuni Banai, in Tzchuni Banai. Kosh Baruch Hu said with a triumphant smile, my children are right, my children are right, they have bested me. That they're right, Tar Lo Bashamayimi. So, I'm also a Yom Avil, Kol Tarosh, Tiyar, Eveliaz, even though you would think that every that Rabbi Lezer was right, that day the Chachamim went ahead and they burned everything that he said was tar. They burned it because they viewed it as Tomei. Because they thought that he was wrong and therefore he was too mekil. And therefore everything that he passed in the halacha in the past, I don't know how many years, um, that was tar, they went and they burned it. They had a bonfire. V'nimnu alava berchu. And on that day they went ahead and they were menada. They were put him in cherem. They put Rabbi Lezer in cherem. For Amru, mi yeilech v'yodil amalehem. Berchu is lashon saginar. It doesn't. They blessed him, but it really means they put him in cherem. So they said, "Who's going to be the one to tell the great Rebbe Lezer that he's in cherem?" And he volunteers. No one's volunteering. Mm-hmm. So I'm the Rebbe Kiva. Rebbe Kiva was one of his. Was Rebbe Lezer Ben Hukas's Talmud Muvak, the great Rebbe Kiva. And by the way, he started 28. Rebbe Kiva started 40. Maybe there's a pattern here. But you, what we can accomplish, even if we start out behind the eight ball, what we can accomplish in life. So and they say, by the way, that maybe that's why it's, Rabbi Lezer starts, he's the first Tana mentioned, because even if you don't start be learning uh, with a yeshiva day school education from day one, day two, learning Modani Torah, Torah and Moshe, even at 28, you can become the great Rabbi Lezer ben maybe that's why they start with him, to teach us, all of us, we have that potential. Anyway, I'm going to Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva says to him, Ani Rabbi Kiva says, I'll take it upon myself, someone who's going to go there and not have very sensitive to Rabbi, Rabbi Lezer, let me go do it, because otherwise there could be worldwide ramifications, global ramifications. He went and he wore black clothes as a sign of a veil. So Rabbi went to his Rebbe of Elizabeth Horkinus to notify him that you were put in Chayram. So he dressed the, he dressed the dressed. I'm Rabbi My So Rabbi Lezer sees Rabbi Kiva coming. My, why are you dressed like this? It turns out that your colleagues and your peers are separating themselves from you and because you put in Chayram. So Rabbi Lezer Torah rendered uh, rent his clothes to make him like he's in a veil and he sat on the, on the ground. Zolgo ain of demals. So he says that he started to cry, and as a result of Rabbi Lezer's crying, the great Lezer ben Horkinus, the world was affected. What happened? It says one third of its wheat, one third of its barley started to, to, to rot. Even the dough that was in women's 
Jewish women's hands while they were baking challah started to, to become rancid when he started to cry. That's, that's how uh, it, the impact of Elizabeth and Horkinus, the greatest of, of his generation, and so much so, anything that he looked on became, in, his, in his anger was burned. The more continues, he says, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi. He was also his brother-in-law. Rabbi Gamliel was the brother-in-law of Rabbi Lezer. Barbas Fina, he was traveling on a boat when Rabbi Akiva told him what happened. When he told Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Lezer's brother-in-law, Rabbi Gamliel, was on a boat. All of a sudden, a massive tsunami came and was about to engulf the boat and cause it to capsize and swallow Rabbi Gamliel. I know, Baruch, you're doing this only because of what we decided to do, or Elizabeth Horkinus. He got up and he said, One of the most famous passion speeches. It is known before you. When we put him in Cherem, it was not done for our own aggrandizement. We were not trying to give ourselves accolades. But to preserve your kavod. So that in order that there would not be machlokas in Israel, that if you have, you have to have some kind of structure. You can't have halachic anarchy. If you have a chachamim, the majority holding one way, and you have a yachid, even as great as Rebbe Lezib and Horkinus, you must heed achrei rabbin lahatos. You have to follow the majority. And because of that, that's why we did this. The tsunami went away. Ema Shalom Bisu. He gets home, the Gemara continues. Ema Shalom, who was the wife of Rabbi Eliezer, also the sister of Rabbi Gamliel, says to him, I don't want you, I'll tell you outside, I don't want you saying Tachanun anymore. Because I know if you say Tachanun and you concentrate, my, brother, my brother's going to die. You have such an, a, a, a direct line to the man upstairs that if you say Tachanun and plead with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, he's going to take it out of my brother. Rabbi Gamliel is a Nasi who ultimately was the one who consented to putting you in Cherem. So it says, so she always watched him. She would continue to watch him and he never puts his head down. It, Gemara relates that, one, that she thought it was a two-day Rosh Chodesh. It was really a one-day Rosh Chodesh. So on the second day, what she thought was Rosh Chodesh, a few weeks later, she thought he's not going to say Tachanun because you don't say Tachanun Rosh Chodesh. She went to answer the door and Oni came. He went ahead and he said Tachanun because there was no, there was no wasn't Rosh Chodesh. She wasn't there to stop him. Right away, he, she comes back because my brother died. So she says to him, how, did you know, how do you know that your brother died? So he says, I know my brother died because I know the power of someone who insults a Tamechacham. And since he insulted you by giving you Cherem, then you are, and, and so HaKadosh Baruch Hu listened to your Tfilos, and now we know he died. We're going to pick up, this is fascinating, we're, uh, um, and it's a cliffhanger. So it's like, you know, to be continued. So we'll pick up tomorrow, Mitz Hashem. Hopefully we'll have the same enthusiasm because this is a fascinating, fascinating Gemara. Have an amazing day.